Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hameen Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hameen Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top-rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now... The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's got to be russosbrand.com bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained Through the years, we all remember when we first witnessed a national tragedy. We remember the good times and the bad times through either a song, a TV show, a monumental sports achievement, or even the smell of a particular food from when we were young. Welcome to the show that will take you on a journey through time to relive those iconic moments. Welcome. RTW Rewind, where old school rules. So, without any further delay, let's introduce you to the host of the show, Rad Rob Rob Francois. Hey guys, welcome back to RTW Rewind. I'm your host, Rad Rob Rob Francois. Coming back to the show, he hasn't been here in quite a while. In fact, this is first rewind. I think we did a couple other projects together. We did the Mega Powers thing for WrestleMania, uh, but this—I'm looking forward to not talking about wrestling for once with this person right now. He is the creator of Hameen Media. Yalla, been working on that. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, man, you got the yalla today. But uh, we're rewinding it all the way back before uh, Hameen was in the Mujahideen, where. Cash rules everything around me, and I love it when you call me Big Pop. Uh, that's right. We're back here. Robbie Francois in the hacker, ready to tear it down on the on the Rad Rob Radical Rewind. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, pretty much. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, you hear the golden pipes of the one and only, the Ayatollah of Podcast uh, It has been, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to have you here, man. We haven't done a show in a while. 
always a good time, man. You, you do such great work and <clears throat> have a awesome insight into everything that's, uh, you know, the hottest, what we knew it would be for Gen Xers right now. And it's all in every marketing thing that we see and will be. And that's not a bad thing uh, to me because they tried to do the 80s and it blew right through it because there just isn't the true renaissance that the 90s was, man. And I know we're going to go head to head today on a couple of things. I'm looking forward to putting a serious beating on you because uh, the argument doesn't even stand up, man. But uh yeah, y'all. Uh, whoa, baby, we're back here having a good ass time. <laughs> so, eighties and nineties. Uh, yeah. It's funny when I was producing a couple of Horseman shows for you when it was on. Uh, you let me pick the music in the beginning, uh, and uh, I asked you, you know, what can I use? And he said, you know, here's here's what I like to put in. Don't use any of that eighties shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're- we're we're around the same age group, so I mean, you you pretty much grew up with the same stuff that I did. Mm-hmm. What was it about eighties music that you just didn't care for? I mean, if you're watching this on video now, you see it: this weird androgynous, <laughs> leather pants, teased out hair, guys wearing eye makeup. I grew up around. My dad's a world champion lumberjack. <laughs> I grew up around guys who look like WWE stars, you know, like all real men, dude. And then I see all this, you know, whatever LA was trying to do at that time with cocaine and Dr. Feelgood. And it, yeah. it, it's all just pageantry and bullshit for what was the LGBTQ mafia at that time, in my opinion, bro. And and if it wasn't that, it was guys like trying to search inside themselves to be deep. And that keyboard synthesizer, new computer sound was so new and shitty. <laughs> or the or the guitars were just squealing for the sake of squealing. I never even like everyone, you know, obviously they had a huge impact on music and people love Van Halen, but mm-hmm. like when people put them over, I'm like, dude, that I, if that shit comes on, I turn it kiss. Same thing for me, bro. Even though like, it just is so not what I'm about <laughs> uh, in, in every way of men trying to be beautiful and, and this, this weird rock star lifestyle that like is so fake and contrived, you know? So that was, and, and then in the eighties too, the whole class system of, jocks and nerds you know what i mean and and rich uh country club status or your blue collar and look down upon um i really hated all that shit i I hated all the reagan stuff and even to look at reagan uh where people put him over as the greatest ever no he was a puppet too he what was reagan before he got elected as governor he's an actor and governor of california so do you think he was a propped up puppet or he was a real person in power with integrity Good of point. course they're going to put an actor in there so, right. <laughs> so yeah so since then uh you know and following politics even when i was a little kid at that time uh the only thing i really liked from the 80s was nasa and the space stuff to be honest right. with you i love the cartoons growing up gi joe transformers all that but that was one of the few. And the other thing, the 80s is it's tough, is better than the 90s is epic comedies. John Candy and Ramis and Bill Murray and those guys in their prime. Uh, and, and uh, you know, Steve Martin, very hard to beat any of those films. You know, you can try and stack Tommy Boy against Uncle Buck. It's going to be a tough sell. You know yeah. what I mean? True. Both great. 
but one's on a different level of production. One's like a joke in and of itself, looking at itself. The other one's trying to create a reality and make it funny. I think 80s comedies outshine, but we're talking music today. I mean, I, I, I fell off of all that. Uh, I, I still would mark out as a kid when you got your little crush just to be the next to be with you. Oh, oh Favorite song ever. Right, yeah. right. Or, uh, yeah, like whatever is going on. The only hit Mr. Big ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Scorpions, winds of change, all that shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand the makeup thing and the fucking hair and all that. Like looking at this picture, I'm like, God damn, how did I think that was cool? I had this shit plastered all over my walls as a kid. Like right. all these different bands. It's like I, I look at it now, I'm like the fuck dude <laughs> a lot of fucking drugs a lot of goddamn it's drugs marketing bro they marketed it the right way and man if that's all they're feeding you and that's all you got then you're gonna bite on it but then what i was the fuck is the society though like what the fuck is everybody doing to think like this is cool right it's a blow they're all dude they're all coming off of studio 54 Wait, the 70s yeah, yeah they're all coming off of that and they're they're like anybody they're looking for an identity a tribe and somebody got to him and said, this is what we're doing. And then you got one band, you got 50 of them from poison, right. to white snake to rat to whatever. And they all suck at the end of the day. You can't listen to fucking you round go and round. See them now. And it's the same old whores out at the concert with the True. super tight jeans that lace up the side. And they're just, <laughs> uh, they look like saddlebags because they've been smoking Marb Reds since they were 14 <laughs> years old, bro. Like yeah. <laughs> it's easy to see, like, you know, I, and, and I also hated the, the harder rock from that time, like Metallica and all that. Come on, shit. dude. They'd go nuts for it, and I'd be like, "Just shut the fuck up, dude! I can't hear don't 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 no no don't like again again at right. every high that, was, that was early nineties. That wasn't you know injustice for all, right? But any of that, any of that at that time, I grew to appreciate them later in the nineties. But yeah. it was it was that rock scumbag mentality. So you had rich kids with V neck sweaters people in the middle and then like dirtbag rockers at the bottom. I didn't connect with any of them. So I was looking for my tribe. So what did I hear two years ago? A friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhyme. So I said this rhyme I'm about to say said for red Robin. It went this way, you know, um, and hip hop was born. Actually, I think my first hip hop exposure, it was probably the fat boys. Uh, and then uh, Roxanne, the real Roxanne on a mixtape I had. And I, I think that mixtape had like Eye of the Tiger and a bunch of other shit. <laughs> you know, I'm riding my diamond back. The movie Rad is out. And like it, to listen to hip hop was like, especially as a white kid in small town America, right? Seemed like an, the real underground thing. And then fifth, sixth grade, I remember my, my best friend at the time, Ben Gardner, had gotten all these dubbed over tapes that his older cousin who was like 15 had got him and we would sit in my closet with headphones on so he wouldn't get caught and it was fucking nwa's first album easy e's first albums and you know like all this shit like this is before the parental advisories and like all that went down you know so 
I was way into it. And even uh, at the state fair, I bought uh, who's the he's the DJ. I'm the rapper. And uh, we want to let y'all know our motto for 1988. We are too damn hype. What are we? What are we? Boom, damn hype. All right. We're too damn hype. Yeah. In the place at about this time, my name is the Fresh Prince. And I'm here with my full posse in effect. Got my man DJ Jazzy Jeff in the house. Dude, like. You know, I'm 11 years old. That shit was everything to me because that's all you have when you're a kid is your music and your TV. That's what you identify yourself as, you know, to paraphrase uh, the late Kurt Hennig rap is crap. (laughs) (laughs) Selling number one selling music, though, man. So I I, I never really got into it, but I did like. Fresh Prince. I did like I did like parents to understand. I mean, who didn't love that fucking song? The whole album's great, man. That whole yeah, uh I'm the rapper before he went commercial, you know. But yeah. uh I mean that was commercial at that time. Um but yeah, dude, I was so pumped for the crossover of the nineties because I was turning thirteen. Mm-hmm. And you know, then you're really getting into it of like who you're gonna try and start to become. Yes. And, and uh dude, it was the renaissance. It was the renaissance for music. They took rap, which was party and inspiring from leaders of the new school and uh, Tribe Called Quest and uh, Big Daddy Kane. Like you had your love rap, your sex rap, and then they put the gangster on it. And what, you know, that's just Americans are obsessed with the gangster culture. So there was a lot of bad stuff going on with CIA bringing in crack and guns into the hood and, you know, that furthers racism and for-profit prisons and all that shit we can get in that argument but like really the music style was phenomenal that's where we get the foundations of dr dre ice cube <laughs> you know to to start kicking all this shit off in the 80s and then in the 90s we we get the the snoop dogs the tupac shakurs i was listening to digital underground 1991 that was kind of the last when rap was fun and you had like clowns and rap or, you know what I mean? Uh, and the show that really defined me was UMTV raps. I would try and stay up till midnight, two in the morning at lover dance. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, and, but at the same time, at the heart, I am a white guy. So, uh, uh, here comes the grunge alternative out of that bullshit. Also the punk movement. I was a little skateboard, the dude trying to find my a big skateboard dude, I guess I was never little, uh, trying to find my tribe as well. And dude, I remember getting green day, uh, albums, 1991 on lookout records. They're dead two albums before dookie dropped. So like I was finding bands and, and loving this underground music scene, late eighties, early nineties that would turn into the alternative scene. And, you know, dude, how can you compare white snake rap pearl jam poison uh warrant to or excuse me to those bands to pearl jam nirvana Soundgarden? like to stack them up musically it's it's one is a complete drag show <laughs> and the other one is the real mccoy bro you know so uh, i was so i love that hot 97 mentality from 1989 to about 2002 and then that that was the only decade of purity i've seen in my 40 years i i get that and i i understand stylistically why you wouldn't like the the 80s glam rock but i mean musically you know you got some of the best musicians in the world 
you know, you got Steve Vai, you know, guys that can just fucking shred it on guitar. I know you don't like Poison, but I mean, CeCe DeVille was a, was a decent guitarist. Uh, Tommy Lee was a fantastic drummer, still is. Uh, so, I mean, they did produce a lot of talented musicians. Uh, but, I mean, I understand you not liking the context of the music because it's all about fucking getting laid and, you know, drinking and doing drugs and all that Still's shit. rap. So, rap's about smoking yeah. bullets and, and okay. being a misogynist. And, so, was it just the style you didn't agree with? a bunch of dudes who I could punch a hole in their chest trying yeah. to come off of as, like, this is what it looks like to be a top guy. Tease your hair out and put... Uh, what is it? Uh, Aquanet in your hair. Aquanet, like, yeah. like, no, dude, like, no, that's not what it is. Like I, I'm watching guys chop wood, throw axes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, and I should be listening to country music, but then I would see country guys trying to find their tribe chewing tobacco and listen to this bang, 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 trying yeah, guys in the north talking like they're from Alabama, like trying to do. Hey, that one up over there, up there, he had uh, he had her stuck in that some bitch up there. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Well, you know, when you go farther north in the woods, I mean, New York, Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire, yeah. you're gonna get fucking rednecks are everywhere. I mean, dude, that that's the heart of where I grew up. Yeah. So so to see those guys and everything like that, and he, I was doing it like they would call it a wigger at the time, right in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So. That was my shit. I'm a skateboard kid who does theater and fucking I listen to hip hop and I love wrestling. I've pretty much parlayed that except for the skateboarding into right. my into my entire life now, right? So right. I do theater constantly. I'm constantly on the mic. I wrestle and I talk about things that are political and true to the heart of the renaissance of the artist. And I think that's what encapsulates me as a 90s Gen X kid, man. So um there was so much to connect with from the music of the rock side in the nineties where there's no connection. I'm not out at the club in LA doing lines of blow and fucking dressing like a half a woman with leather pants on. Like you would get your fucking head thumped. If you walked around my town with leather pants on, like if you got leather pants on, it better be chaps. Cause you're going to cut down a tree in the backyard. Like that's right. it. Right. <laughs> now look, you mentioned Van Halen. Uh, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. To me, one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Yeah, I'm, to your point, I'm not taking anything away from those guys' musicianship. But, okay, you know, like you, you when the when it's time to go, and you're at Madison Square Garden or Giant Stadium, your yeah. ass better deliver. So, CC <laughs> Deville to whoever, you know, uh, yeah. like they, they can they can play. There's no doubt about that. Now, just let's take a little bit of rock outside of it, you know, hard rock or, or, you know, glam rock, whatever. Did you not like anything? Do you not like any of the European influences or, you know, Billy Joel or any of your classic you know, musicians? Eric I mean, there's there's Americana stuff that is always going to come on. You know what I mean? Bottle of red, bottle of white. But I like the young love is just to lie on a touch, <laughs> like all that shit. I uh, like that that's americana you throw on bon jovi and fucking some you know I, there's songs i'm gonna like oh turn it up on a summer drive i'm not like get that shit off of here right but, but for me to be like dude this bon jovi album front to back is awesome but if dude wanted Dever, dead or alive comes on and i have a young guns flashback of course i'm gonna turn that shit up you know right yeah everyone loves that shit that's just 
that speaks to the human experience and goes beyond music in my opinion you know so let's let's pull it back and talk about you mentioned kiss as well and i i agree music wise i I think they suck yeah but we both enjoy entertainment you've been in entertainment for a long time yeah a band that knew their their demographic knew their brand and knew how to get over yeah the wrestling term they were the epitome of entertainment they Dude, knew exactly what their gimmick was. Take nothing away that uh, uh, if I, I don't like it, I'm not passing judgment on it. Like you suck for all time. Massive geniuses in a way they played their crowd, built their following, marketed to them to be have a longevity of fifty fucking years. Right on stage, I take nothing away from them when it comes to that. For me to paint my face and put on some high heeled boots. <laughs> it ain't happening, Jackson. Like, that's not, wrestling though, right? I mean, that is, that's entertainment. I agree. It is. But like, even my brand is in wrestling. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> not that right. So, yeah. um, but to say you offer the paycheck, are you painting your face and getting out there with some leather straps over your titties? <laughs> you know, if there's enough zeros on it, let's <laughs> fucking rock and roll all night and party every day. Like that's right. That, that's what it comes down to. But dude, those guys lived uh, an incredible life and set up a model for the juggalos to copy a hundred percent. If anybody stole the kiss model, it's the juggalos, right? Like I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask if you were a fan of ICP because actually I was, um, I, I'm not against them. I, like, I get it the same marketing way. I'm just yeah. not like into it, but they are clowny rap. You know what I mean? And, and right. drug culture, which is a big part of the nineties drug culture. Um, but never did that really spark me a ton. But again, more kids, outcasts looking for their tribe. Same as 2000 fucking one when every asshole white kid dyed their hair blonde, bought white t-shirt and had, I'm the real shady. Yes, I'm the slim shady. All you other slim shadies are just every other fucking white kid in America. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I think that's good at it. I mean, he, you got to give Eminem his, his due. He, he could spit rhymes. I guess uh, again. Uh, I don't like guys who talk t- talk tough. Who I could punch a hole in their chest. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so you mentioned Tupac. You mentioned uh, you know early stuff in the nineties. You mentioned the grunge movement, which to me obviously killed glam rock. Um, Thank you. I wasn't a big Nirvana fan, uh, but I, I did like Soundgarden. I liked Alice in Chains. I thought STP was good. Uh, there were there was some good to me. I didn't understand Pearl Jam. Uh, it's one of the worst concerts I ever went to. Really? Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, we had that. We had Dave Matthews band. We had. Yeah. Dave Matthews was real commercial at, you know, at one point. He kind of got yeah, bigger. At than one point, him. but dude, he's, he's the anti that really when, when you talk about him, you know what I mean? He, he's definitely not like sell my shit to a Toyota to be in the background. So. Right. And he never really plays the same show twice. So uh, a lot of respect as a musician and artist and a hell of a drunk too. So he's doing it it always. Um, But those guys lived the rock star lifestyle that was kind of set up in the 80s. And we saw heroin make a comeback and and beat out cocaine, which took the lives of a lot of people. Stone Devil Pilots, fucking Blind Melon. uh, Um... uh, they say that fucking 
dude from Soundgarden uh, killed himself or right or OD. I, yeah. I, I believe he was murdered. Um, same with Chester Bennington. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so heroin came back. But dude, here's here's really another argument that it comes down to. <clears throat> Want to know what type of music cocaine makes? Look at the eighties. You're gonna put on a dress, go to the club, and tease your hair out. Yeah. Want to see what happens when you do heroin? You're gonna sit in a rainy apartment in Seattle or California and fucking write right. music yeah. that like is from the real human soul in a morphine trip. Uh, it, it's uh, sublime. You know what I mean? Band after band after band that left their mark, but were. Uh, uh, run by addicts and i say this in wrestling there's three types of people that are in our business and it's true of the cross all of entertainment queers carnies and junkies you're yep. one of the three or you're a combination usually a two of the three yeah because you're glad- a carny I'm glad you mentioned Sublime. That was my, you know, one of my wife's favorite bands growing up. And she, she grew up a fundamentalist Baptist. Her parents are real, real strict. So she had to kind of sneak out and, and, you know, listen to music on her own. She loved Vanilla Ice. She liked Sublime. Uh, you know, she liked Mr. Big. Uh, but <laughs> she's really into Sublime. And unfortunately, you know, they ended pretty soon. Well, but why? Because it's, I don't think Brad was doing anything crazy because all he was taking was skate punk and ska. And uh, a little Latino flavor, and then mixing it all in with reggae. And it was a white guy doing reggae, and they did it well, don't get me wrong. But really, that's um, cultural appropriation of music from Jamaica, be it ska and that that influence, and, and making putting your own spin on it, which is the remix of what hip hop was in the 90s. Let's take some 70s, 80s jams and fucking remix this shit and be the sound of the culture because this is what we're hearing in the streets, but it fucking sounds stupid. And even now, dude, Jay-Z forever young. I can listen to that way more than I can listen to Sting's version of it. You know, so <laughs> yeah. just give me, give me the hook or uh, like when uh, Biggie died and, and Puffy took the police, I'll be, I'll be missing you. You know what I mean? Like that's the beauty of hip hop to take some white boy fucking ballad from the eighties and put the spin of the streets on it the 80s music can't do that the other way you know what i mean that's that's why i think our generation x and the beginning of generation y was very very special in the last hundred years and i'm sure every generation thinks that about themselves but that we have the proof and the numbers to back it up but then you're gonna get that crowd that says well you know sampling is bullshit because they're not real musicians they can't make music on their own they gotta take somebody else's what do you say to those people um you have a point but that's not part of the culture of what their music is hip-hop is about having nothing taking two things two records to on a turntable and making something new out of it the foundation is using the junk you have around you and turning it into something else the other music isn't that and i disagree with that because i listen to plenty of classic rock things like uh because that's what sideburns us do when we go golf and i fucking hate (laughs) that and like pink floyd all that shit i can't stand it um uh grateful dead but then i can't even think of the songs that are on like oh barracuda or there's other ones and they'll be like 
jungle sounds in the back or uh like uh what's the what's the band from canada rush that get that shit out of here bro like the worst like i'm on a spaceship going through stars and a magical dragon sucking me off i'm like what the fuck is this even about dude like i can't relate to this at all oh fuck out of here man but, but you get that do, 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 to puffy, right. slow it down to do, 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 <laughs> go in like he would turn it into something awesome. Yeah, I get you it. Know? So that's like to, for people who would have that argument of like, oh, they have to, they can't come up with their own. Dude, you're putting jungle sounds in the back of your fucking song, hoping that it's going to help get you over. You're a fucking shitty musician. Right. Yeah. Now, I really love, I really love uh, when, <laughs> what's the fucking Dirk Diggler movie, uh, the porn star fucking thing? Uh, uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. When he goes to record his album and exposes how bad him and <laughs> John C. Riley are, like, I feel that's a- almost every 80s musician for real. Like, that's how I look at them. Like, talentless, most of the time, hacks who bought a cool jacket and, and fucking put some shit in their hair like that's what most it took for most of them to get a record deal but when i listen to like a lot of 90s rock to me it all sounds the same it all sounds like fucking same shit bottle of mud you know fucking i think you're hearing heroin right like and then you hear even though not too different and then right. you can even hear um what's stb's find her got time time to wait for tomorrow like it all does sound gritty yep. down low to me that's 1920s and 30s blues if you listen to old howling wolf and shit mm-hmm. and those guys were all on skag at the time what you're hearing is the influence of drugs and music, in my opinion. And then <laughs> what what else comes about in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s is fucking pop the molly, I'm sweating. And you hear, you get all this club kid shit, True. right? True. <laughs> Which actually I can get down to. I mean, yeah, I all that nasty shit. So <laughs> when you're fucked up and you got your shit going, get your yeah. glow sticks on and right. uh, whatever, bro. But like, so, and that was really the gay community and the drugs they were doing at that time, you yeah. know, MDMA type stuff. So uh, I think uh, definitely it's the difference between uh, cocaine, heroin, and, and sprinkling weed for hip hop. Obviously, is weed culture and in uh, whatever you would call it, EDM, we call it techno. When I was a kid, uh, is is pill culture. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and that actually turned into <laughs> Adderall and fucking Lexapro and all that other shit. They took that and went, oh, these slightly unstable people like taking pills well we've got some pills for you <laughs> all of a sudden adhd becomes a thing that wasn't a right. fucking thing exactly yeah. exactly that bro yeah no i, I do that was 2004 yeah no I, I i do understand that to me you know obviously the 80s was you know excess 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 you know just more and more and more and more they can't get enough uh you know everything was just fucking out of control. I mean, there was there was no control over these '80s fucking glam bands that were rocking out. I mean, these guys. 
I, I read Sammy Hagar's book, and it's amazing. He's like, I fucked so many chicks, I couldn't even fucking get my dick up anymore. Oh, I believe that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's amazing the amount of ass that these fucking guys went through. Uh, you know, between drugs and women and cars, and they, you know, they had whatever the fuck they wanted. Uh, and then you're right. When you get to the 90s, it was just a cultural shift uh, within society. Uh, where things just got darker and dirtier, and you know, people want to talk about being pissed off, and they want to talk we about two big, life. We had two big events out of the gate. I mean, three really. I mean, first we had Operation uh, Desert Storm mm-hmm. for the fucking good old boys. Yep. And then we had Rodney King beating and the L.A. riots. True. And then we had O.J. And those were three big cultural shifts in America that really divided things early on. And and people were scarred by that and didn't want. And then we got Bill Clinton, and he was the cool's like, you know, drunk uncle kind of that you wanted to have at your, you know, who would buy you beers at, <laughs> for your graduation party or whatever the fuck while trying to bang your friends or whatever on Epstein Island. Um, but like that was di- so different from the make no mistake about it when george bush senior took over that was a complete cia run government you can look back at horseman look up the thousand points of light show and see what that all that bullshit really means so i was so glad to see him go for really uh the great great grandson of thomas or great 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 grandson of thomas jefferson possibly um uh people don't know that how clinton's real real background is but uh yeah, dude. And what did they do? They came from being shifty governors who were dealing coke in Arizona and doing bad fucking deals and made their way in and got selected. So it was like a breath of fresh, younger air out of that um, heavy Republican fucking, you know, country club scene. And we were ready to we were ready to have uh, everything from Lilith Fair to Lollapalooza to um, you know, hip hops for everybody, even though it started as black culture and you know, we can mix anything we want to into it, man. So you can relate to it. And people wanted to live vicariously through the gangster shit. Like <laughs> yeah, little kids in Idaho fucking talking ghetto, like they're bad as fucking shit. Remember, remember yeah. those like, MTV specials, like gangsters in Iowa. <laughs> it's like all these fucking 15 year olds with shotguns from Walmart. Like we out here cripping blood, like all these fucking white kids. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. And were you right along with that too? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Everybody, I mean, you're fooling yourself. You fake it till you make it. You want your little identity. You know, MTV is what you have. It's your voice. It's what they market to you. And sometimes you can look at things and laugh and be like that, but really it's in your life and you're going to adopt a little slang. I mean, think of all the slang terms you hear now that you're like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Or I don't, I don't put that over. Like, uh, like uh, bass and things like that. Like gee, that person's based. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, I couldn't relate to anything in rap because to me, you know, it was, it was black culture and sure. that represented me as a white kid in Connecticut. You know what I mean? So yeah, I get you. I, I couldn't dig it, but I, again, on, the other side, on the other side, I couldn't relate to fucking, banging chicks and driving fucking Ferrari here. So, you know what I mean? Like, so I can't explain why I liked what I liked. I guess we're just, yeah. all, we're just all different in our own way. Yeah, man. I mean, in Tupac started out with digital underground as a backup dancer. Yeah. And even though his mom and dad were black Panthers and he had the revolutionary in them, like 
it's the entertainment game. You're going to get in any way you can doing the Humpty hump or whatever. But (laughs) he was a prophet really, you know, once he got to death row, he had to keep up some gangster image, but really that guy should be running for president right now. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't be because he shot a, he shot cops and shit. So right. <laughs> probably not the yeah, that. shit over. Yeah, but yeah. dude, when when you got death threats against you and shit, like it, it's easy to judge somebody from that outside, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, senseless death, especially as young as him and Big were, and as prophetic as they were, just just the worst like case scenario of losing masters of the game. And like, because one died, the other one had to go like, so fucked up, bro. That's so fucked up. Like if there's one thing we, we should really be slapped on the wrist for it. It's the unawareness of reaching out to people to squash beefs that are going to take somebody's life. You know what I mean? That, that are, are improving other people's lives for an escape or being them allowed to relate to them. So, you know, I was, I wasn't, I didn't have a knee deep in the crack game, uh, you know, uh, but uh, at the same time, I would sling my little dime bags of weed and fucking whatever in college and smoke blunts. And it was about getting with chicks. Like everything is in, in a Freudian yep. way. So being a player, I'm not a player. I just fuck a lot, you know, or going to the strip club or getting into the club, dude. I was going to the nightclub and strip club when I was 17 years old because I always looked older. And this is going to sound the worst, like racist thing, like not racist by any means, but like, uh, like excuse, but like in my small town and class of like 168, I think I graduated with two black kids in my whole class. Like Marquise is my best friend. So I spent every day with, you know, like one of the only black kids, like for my own, not for my own street cred, but we were best friends. Yeah. So if we're, if we're doing watching white men can't jump and fucking playing basketball and juice and every other goddamn thing, you know, just hip hop was a lifestyle fashion movies and rolling with your boys on the weekend from town to town to try and chase skirts, man. So you got that with Snoop Dogg's first album, Gin and Juice is bumping, and everybody knows the lyrics, man. It just brings it, that hip hop so testosterone based. And when you're a teenager, that's what you're looking for and craving. And it really filled yeah. that uh, need for me. And, you know, I kind of have a, a similar story, but, but a little bit of a different background. My best friend uh, was black, but he lived in the suburbs in Suffield, Connecticut. And uh, didn't fall into the black crowd. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't, people would call him like Tiger Woods or shit like that. Or, you know, he's a fucking Oreo, uh, you know, black on the outside, but white on the inside. And he got a lot of shit for that. Right. Because he didn't like, you know, gangster shit. Right. And so he liked fucking, you know, hard rock and heavy metal and shit like that. And he was a drummer. They're interesting. Black dudes are way into rock, man. I know a couple of them and they're, they're always interesting dudes. He was a hard rock drummer, and he, you know, he did a little bit of the grunge stuff with a, with a kid that loved Nirvana and all that too in the '90s. So I mean, he was able to adapt his style, but I mean, he didn't fit into that fucking into the crowd, into the Tupac crowd or the rap crowd. So he didn't even understand any of that shit. Uh, but um, who does? Yeah. Who understands getting a shotgun and shooting somebody in their chest? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we doing? Hip hop is wrestling. Right. Hip hop is all mirage. Okay. Ice Cube ain't out here smoking nobody with a fucking AK forty seven. I mean, Dr. Dre ain't shoot. You know, I'm not nothing. I don't feel right, so I grab the nine in the clip and go and murder motherfuckers at night. Do you, MC Ren? Do you, you go? Really? 
MC Ren's board, everybody. So he's going to go grab a nine and a clip and go murder motherfuckers at night. Yeah. Leave your gated community to fucking go. <laughs> up, buddy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the reality is, is Dre's got a gay lover behind the scenes while he's trying <laughs> to be a fucking huge gangster, you know, like. Well, then yeah. what do you say about like culturally, you know, culturally influencing kids that, you know, want to live that lifestyle through the music? I mean, that like, that's fucked up a lot of people wanting to live that life. Welcome to marketing. Yeah. Same thing happened in the 80s. Didn't matter if you were a fucking sweater vest wearing uh, person who had to do that or if you uh, were a country shit ha McGraw. They were still going to market to you. Dude, marketing has been going on since uh, Operation Paperclip. Well, before that, really. uh, But but since we brought the Nazis over and they perfected a psychological uh, operant conditioning on how to market, which they perfected in some death camps they used to run uh that that now that's how our world is and it, it, it caught fire the late 80s early 90s i would say actually right around the van halen time of crystal pepsi was one of the first fucking times so if you want to blame somebody yeah right now yeah. uh drink the shitty soda and i did right it's now. True, but i drank it because of van halen. That was right but but that that shit is just it's all in the packaging bro when you're a kid you don't see that, but yeah. now as a curmudgeon wrestler a mile away, I see that, <laughs> you know, right? because I create the work and, and I, I've taught the marketing. So you, you can get to any base and make them into what they want based on tribalism. And you get, and then they broke it down into smaller demo micro demographics and how I might market one product to this micro demographic might be a completely opposite way that I do for the same product might just be a different color, different message, different whatever, whatever they respond to. And believe me, when you give up your information from this website runs on cookies or do you want to save 10% on gas, sign up for this card, all of that info goes into your algorithm that, oh, Red Rob's probably more apt to buy something with a red background and Ben Hameen with a blue one instead because he's bought blue seven out of 10 times before that. And we're going to make ads specific to them to sell even more even more even more okay. if, you, if you want to sell violence and and this is one part of the argument where the video game generation that i grew up and you grew up in uh, i say is bullshit because i've heard this excuse and I, I think it's a lie uh that violence is directly and gun violence especially and especially school related gun violence uh, or in the streets is because of Grand Theft Auto. It is because of uh, de- uh, desensitization of killing, um, you know, uh, on Call of Duty and and GoldenEye 007, all that shit that we came up with. Because when it first started, we were, uh, well, we were still shooting aliens with missiles on some things, but we were more jumping on turtle shells and and jumping on mushrooms you know what i mean and powering up with uh opiate flowers uh where we believe we could shoot fireballs out of our hands but you know like that is kind of the same loss of innocence that always happens we start with something entertaining we're with it and like hip-hop it can be educational it can be fun it can be a lot of different colors in the rainbow and serve different purposes but then it always is going to go to death guns testosterone uh and sex you know like and sex sells so uh that whether it was it's just how you package it you know what i mean 
No, you're you're right, and you're you're spot on about the video games too. I mean, they really did desensitize a lot of us, to, you know, to where you just grab a fucking rocket and blow people up or run people over with your car, dude. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times if I play GTA four or five, and I get out in the street and I see a fucking dude on a fucking bike in front of me, I want to run right up the fucking back of him and <laughs> fucking take him out. You know what I mean? Like it's the desensitization yeah. of murder, right? At that, that yeah. is, and it's just like. It, uh, in my human existence, is that what I really want to feed myself on? And right. people are, and why is it so popular? And why is it pushed so hard? Death culture, mm-hmm. that, you know. And I'm not trying to change things. I, I could do more because I definitely fan the flames of that. But I like to think I'm drawing a, a somewhat of a light to it. And the more that someone says no, it's not that. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's exactly that, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah. one thousand percent. Mm-hmm. And you got to see where that money is going and, and who's the one calling the shots and why on that. I mean, if you want to correlate that to wrestling for the only thing we'll mention about wrestling in this show, but I mean, in the mid to late 90s, you saw it with the Attitude Era. You saw it Absolutely. the society. Vince McMahon was smart enough to capitalize on that, even though he says he didn't want to do it. It's against his, his better judgment. You know, he liked the tail hoppers and all that fucking gimmick bullshit, but he knew where the fucking money was and he wasn't afraid to fucking take a chance on it. And that's what he did. I think I think the sex of the '90s was way more uh, cultural revolution based as well, like compared to the late '60s, and maybe not the free love movement. But we've seen it on Jerry Springer and whatever, and the cheating at every level. And uh, he's a pimp, and he's got all these chicks on the side, and you know I'm a player. I don't know what you like. It was because hip hop fanned the flames of having a side piece and fucking all these girls, I'm not saying like the guys in poison and then didn't clean up, uh, you know, and bang tons of groupies, but the guys who went to the poison concerts, it was still hard as hell for them to get laid. That's why every eighties comedy movie with John Cusack or whoever it is at the fucking summer thing is working his ass off the whole summer to lose their virginity. Right? Like, yeah, even see some titties and porkies or something like that you know what i mean like just for guys to stop jerking off long enough to try and get some ass and but in the 90s it was like yeah i'm not only am i banging one chick i'm banging three chicks and none of them know about each other at the same time so i don't know what happened there but (laughs) but dudes in the 80s were pissed in 90s teens because of how the sexual evolution and they were scared shitless and we can tie it into vax because you want to talk about the big scare of the 80s was aids which was a concocted made up disease not made up but made in a lab disease it was blamed on some monkey outbreak guess who helped uh, with all that a little guy named fauci and uh it was targeted Yeah. yeah it was targeted at the gay and black community and to put fear out there especially to white america so Trojan makes a ton of money. Lifestyles makes a ton of money. And I'm sure they were all invested in all those when they did it. Plus their depopulation plan takes effect in the minority communities that they really want to scrub off the earth in a very Nazi kind of way. And, uh, and fucking, uh, you know, to, to put that out there. And then in the, in the nineties, we were kind of so beaten down with that fear of AIDS and safe sex from, salt and pepper to uh, you know the magic johnson shit you know right like that sex was on the mind all the fucking time it was in everything it was commercialized way way more so that was and they know that sex sells but in the 80s you had this like prudish 
return to Quaker values of like, if you talk about that, then you're lower class in the nineties. Everyone's like, fuck that. Let's get high and drunk and fuck. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And nobody, nobody in the eighties was out about being a cocaine head. Like it, cocaine, oh, right. very closet, embarrassing joke for some bathroom. Yeah. Fucking right. Yeah. And, and, and weed is like a very social pass this shit around and let's commune. That's another reason why hip hop is popular amongst all people. Same with reggae. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, dude, I mean, fascinating discussion. We could talk for, for hours on this stuff, okay. but, uh, we're, we're both busy guys, so we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, always appreciate you having on. Where can we find you on social media? Let everybody know what's going on in the world of Yala. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, at Ben underscore Hameen on Twitter, Hacker Hameen on Instagram. Appreciate everybody hanging with me on Patreon.com slash Hameen Media Group. I'm going to be putting out a lot more interesting. I, I bet, I'd been putting the shows up there, but they're going to be at ChannelAttitude.com for subscribers. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to create more content that i want to do improv wise marketing wise music review wise movie review saints in newark i'm probably going to do that in the next 48 hours mm -hmm. uh you know people went asking for that so i've just been so busy all summer long thankfully and we had you know whatever startup issues before but it seems like now things are going to be a go and uh i'm excited for new shows uh, joining hameen media group uh representing new artists and and produce them for all the great ones that we have from beautiful people to Stevie Ray to Amber Neal uh, uh, to the A show with uh, uh, the lovely April uh, Hunter and Aaron Stevens. Everyone's just uh, a great community of content makers uh, from Goldilocks and uh, Big Vito brand and Noel like, and Russo brand. It's humbling every day. Uh, the other day, not to mark out, just but to get up and have to fill in on. Uh, a Vince Russo brand show. And here I am in a four-way box with Russo, Stevie Richards, Disco Inferno, and me. And I go, it pays off. If you stay the course and you, and, and yeah, we want the money. Everybody wants the money, but if, because we're eighties kids. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's moments like that. When I can look at a digital screen and go, these are my peers now that I looked up to and emulated and, and uh, inspired me. It's a great journey, and you can do that in whatever you want to be. Uh, it doesn't have to be wrestling. It can be podcasting, but whatever it is, if you put in the 10,000 hours and you surround yourself with the people that have been there and that are the professionals in this, you're going to get there eventually. So stay the course no matter what it is. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. So uh, I don't know what, where I came from, but I was pumped about it. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, me as a fan growing up, I, I love the fact that, you know, I can reach out to Vince Russo and ask him the question, you know, or, or pick his brain or, you know, I, I'd sit under the learning tree with you and Syl and, and Man Beast and Stevie. Yeah. So uh, was yeah. just now yeah. with, uh, yeah. Wrestling Observer. So was just on with Alvarez right before we came right. out. He, he killed yeah. it. Sill's amazing. I love Sill. Yeah. He's one of my favorite guys to talk to. I really love doing light diffuses in that, that one time. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many talented people that we have here, part of, uh, of Hameen Media and, and, uh, and Russo Brand and all that. So, I mean, to me, as a, as, a, as a wrestling fan growing up, I'm like a kid in a candy store. You know what I mean? I get to fucking, sure. I get to talk wrestling, you know, with, with other people that were in the business. I'm just pumped. The 90s are back in a time when we loved everything the most wrestling, the, the music. Uh, food and culture and uh, saying what's up to your brother and, and kind of a way that only happened, in my opinion, 
uh, from what I read, 1920s, maybe 1960s, and then the 1990s. And sure, there wasn't all rose colored all the time. There's a lot of uh, hurt feelings in a lot of groups that uh, carved out their own niche, but at least we all, uh, you know, have a shared experience that is back now, even if they're using it in a marketing way. It's nice to feel those feelings of nostalgia of much simpler times. I don't even know if they were simpler times. I think they were much more real and genuine times filled with art that wasn't commercialized because the hip hop that I loved, the rock that I loved was destroyed 2006 to 2020 uh, in just the worst commercial way possible. There really isn't hardly anything I can look back on from the last 15 years and really go, wow, I'm really glad that uh, that happened, dude. I see a whole generation of man children raised on Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z's and things like that that are super childish. And maybe it was because we had G.I. Joe firing laser weapons at ninjas and they have uh, little lizards. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not that. I mean, granted, we had little lizards too, but we call them Ninja Turtles. Um, you know, it, it's just not the same group of individuals of generation X and generation Y when we get to generation Z and finally generation useless, as I call them, um, that they are going to have a terrible time inheriting the world after gen X leaves it. They're, they're not going to be able to be decisive. They're not going to be able to make decisions well for humanity. They're only going to be looking at their little micro demographic group that was marketed to specifically, and they're not going to have a greater look for the outcrop of humanity that that needs to come together, man. So I mean, like Tony Khan. (laughs) I don't know, dude. I I don't. I I love to slam him here, but like, I just watched a Khan interview, and he was talking about all the WCW, ECW times. So. I think he'd fit in very well into this conversation of somebody loving that very slight eight years of brilliance that we got to really live and be a part of, man. Now, can he capture that lightning in a bottle and emulate it? Boy, I hope so. But it seems like right now he needs a big brother in order to help him do that, dude. But I appreciate you, big brother, and everybody here listening on uh, the Rewind show for sure. Yes, and I, again, I appreciate you being here. Let's just—we uh, can agree on one thing. Hopefully, the emo shit doesn't make a fucking comeback. It's always gonna. You're always gonna have little wimpy boys, dude. It's the same thing. Like, <laughs> uh, what was his name? The beautiful people. The beautiful people. Not Manson. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like, uh, is it like sure he's shock value? I could punch a hole in his chest with no problem. <laughs> you want to hear a quick Marilyn Manson uh, wrestling story? This will pop. Sure. So we're still super marks. This is before I went to OVW. So this had to be Raw 2004 in Buffalo. Marilyn Manson is playing like two, two, three, four miles from the arena. So we got to go through downtown Buffalo to get get over there, right? And all these emo kids are dressed up, <laughs> lined up down the block, you know, the big Jenko jean suspenders, mascara, da da da. We pull up to the light. We're all in costume. Like there's eight of us uh, in two cars, right? Uh, and uh, I'm there's Piper. My my buddy's dressed as Hayabusa. I'm dressed as Vince. Uh, like all this shit. And and I'm like no sell whatever to my buddies and turn up the radio right at that exact time. Fucking 
near, far, wherever you are. Dude, we're at the red light. I just thump it. Like, what's her name? Celine Dion, right? The fucking Titanic thing. With all these self-confidence emo people, like, oh, looking down, they all have to, like, look up. And then they look over and see Macho Man Piper (laughs) sitting in there. Like, dude, they, they all just start laughing. And I love that because at the heart of the human existence is the ability to laugh at yourself and sure. not take it all so seriously. So even while they're all in their little depressed tribe, we're all aware of how shitty this song is. And <laughs> here's a bunch of assholes who are fucking doing a half rib to fucking rib you for being some self-confidence. Oh, woe was me wounded warrior that you're really not. Now we can all laugh at the ridiculousness of the situation. That's a beautiful human moment. But at the same time, I love getting under people's skin with that kind of shit, man. It drives me. That is a great fucking story. That is, that is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh, I just uh, remember all like not wanting to sell it, and then they all start laughing like <laughs> a bunch of depressed. They usually went from depressed, like the most depressed people on earth, trying to work their gimmick, to like fuck. That's funny. I can't. I can't not laugh at that. I love it. Well, hey, uh, I know this is my show, but I always love listening to you take us home. So here we go, man. Take us home. Y'all all infidels, it's Hameen Media Group with that one real radicalized Rob Francois. The French connection is here, infidels. So don't Charlie Hebdo me because I'll Hebdo you right out of here, morons. It's the backwards rewind 90 styles pre 9-11 Hacker Hameen edition. Y'all <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of RTW Rewind. For all the latest news and announcements, Please follow us on Twitter at RTW Brand. You can also follow Rad Rob at Rad Rob Gaming. You've been listening to RTW Rewind exclusively here on HMG and the Rad Rob Radio Network.